Amen. All right. Well, it is an honor and a privilege to be here with you tonight. And um, pastor asked me to speak tonight, and uh, he gave me a stool that I can sit in. And so, um, you know, it used to bother me to sit uh, and to preach, uh, but, uh, you know, God never said that you couldn't sit and preach. Amen. <laughs> Uh, he didn't say you couldn't teach while you sit. And, uh, you know, I thought, well, people will look at you differently when you have to do that. But, you know, sometimes uh, there's just uh, things that come up in your life, and uh, it's a humbling experience, amen? And sometimes that's what we have to be. Uh, tonight I want to share just a bit of my journey, my testimony with you all. And I appreciate this church. I appreciate your prayers um, and as I go through my journey tonight, it's not to glorify me in any way, shape, or form. And that's not what I'm trying to do tonight. But I want to, to praise the Lord for His goodness and for His grace, because He's been so gracious to me. Um, on the 7th of uh, January of this year, I suffered a stroke and... Um, it was in my brain stem, and last Sunday I couldn't even speak. And so it was very hard to get anything out, and uh, I didn't preach. Um, some of my men had to step up and, uh, you know, just uh, step up to the plate and take care of things for me. And um, But let me give you some medical background uh, as I'm doing better, and I'm back in the pulpit this Sunday, so uh, I thank you for the opportunity. And so... You know, you get to be the guinea pigs, amen, before I get back to my church. So that's always a good thing, right? Uh, my medical background is, those of you that don't remember, if you were here before, I broke my back in several places and herniated seven discs in my back. And um, through that, um, it caused a lot of medical issues for me. Um, as you can imagine, I started having chronic back pain all the time, um, Multiple surgeries on my back uh, through medication. I had started getting kidney stones, and then my kidney uh, uh, had an issue, and I got a kidney stone lodged, and it burst part of my kidney, and I had to go in and have kidney surgery. Um, I had my stomach get uh, twisted because of the medication I was on, and I got stuck in the hospital for that. I got sepsis, and that just about killed me. <laughs> Um, I'm really getting close to nine lives, and uh, but God keeps uh, moving in my life. Um, and then uh, I've had a couple of strokes now, um, and some TIAs, all due to just uh, living in chronic pain, having uh, some issues with my blood, where my blood is extra thick. And trust me, I've taken everything from aspirin to you name it, um, and other other things involved in that too. Um, yes, I take a lot of supplements. So if you come up to me after the service and tell me there's a supplement that you can take, I've most likely taken it, amen? I've eaten alfalfa to try to help, okay? And so uh, I say all that because um, that's just kind of my medical background. And so as I go through this tonight, um, I pray that this will be a help to you and that you won't see me trying to glorify myself, but maybe you're going through something right now that would be 
uh, it would be a help to you. Um, through this journey, the first thing I want uh, went to to the Lord was, do I have sin in my life? Do I have sin in my life? Is there something in my life that would cause me to suffer this? Have I done something as a pastor? Have I? Is there something I didn't, you know, say or do? And you know, you stop and you hit your knees and you say, "Oh God, what have I done?" And something that was shown to me is that it's not uh, maybe uh, my sin, and uh, but you know. Brethren can be very quick to judge. <laughs> We're very good at judging other people. And that's just the bottom line. We say, oh, well, we don't judge. You know, judge not lest you be judged. And, you know, and you're very good to throw your finger up. But when it comes to seeing somebody else go through something, oh, I wonder what they got going on in their life. Look what's happened. Oh, look, 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 look what happened to the preacher. Oh, look what happened to the deacon. You know, oh, look at their family. See, I told you if they wouldn't have been doing that, that wouldn't have happened. But uh, the brethren can remind you to get sin right. And trust me, I've had brethren call me up and tell me, hey, you know, what sin is in your life and what sin you need to get right with. And even if they didn't have that sin in my life, you know, I'm confessing it, okay? And, uh, but God works in ways that are so much more than we can understand. And that's what I really want to get across to you tonight is, is there's some ways that are much more than you can understand. So take your Bibles tonight and turn to Isaiah 45, Isaiah chapter 45. And I know you all stand for the reading of God's word. If you want to stand, you're more than welcome to. If you don't want to stand, that's fine. I probably will stand, sit, stand, sit as things happen to me and I, you know, my nerves get to go on. But in Isaiah chapter 45 and verse number one, it says, Thus saith the Lord to his anointed, to Cyrus, whose right hand I have holden to subdue nations before him, and I will loose the lions of kings to open before him the two levied gates, and the gates shall not be shut. I will go before thee and make the crooked places straight. I will break in pieces the gates of brass and cut in sunder the bars of iron. And I will give thee the treasures of darkness and the hidden riches of secret places, that thou mayest know that I, the Lord, which call thee by thy name, am the God of Israel. For Jacob, my servant's sake, and Israel, mine elect, I have even called thee by thy name. I have Surname thee, though thou hast not known me. I am the Lord, and there is none else. There is no God besides me. I girded thee, though thou hast not known me. That they may know from the rising of the sun and from the west that there is none else, or there is none beside me. I am the Lord, and there is none else. Let's pray. Father, Lord God, I thank you for this evening, Lord. Thank you for the opportunity to come and to preach, Lord. And God, I pray that you'd calm my nerves. I don't take this lightly, Father. God, I pray that uh, through this message it would be uh, a help to someone here today that maybe is going through something, Father. Lord, I pray that they put it in their memory bank and maybe it will be a help to someone later on in their Christian walk. 
Father, we love you tonight. God, we ask you to meet with us. God, I need you now, and I pray that in Jesus' precious and holy name. Amen. You may be seated. I read that because the name of this message is, or the title of this message is, uh, Treasures in Dark Places. Treasures in Dark Places. And uh, if you know the history of King Cyrus, you know King Cyrus was used of God in order to get the temple rebuilt in Israel. Remember, the children of Israel had gone into exile. They'd gone into Babylon, and they had been taken, and all the things out of the temple, and, and all the goods from Israel, the gold, the, the, the artifacts, everything had gone to Babylon. And Nebuchadnezzar had done that, and he took, uh, you know, we know Daniel, and we know the others, and, and, and here they, they get shoved down, and, and you know, it's, it's, uh, Israel's always messing up. They mess up and they get right. They mess up and they get right. And you, and you hear the story of, of Daniel and, and, and the three, uh, you know, his three friends there, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. You hear of the other times when Israel messes up and they end up going. And they, every time they turn around, you know, like you said, if you just do right, uh, you're not going to have problems. Amen. But you know, it's funny that when a Christian's doing right and you're going along and you're doing that which is right, and something bad comes along that people jump to conclusions that, oh, you've got something wrong in your life. But as we look at the history of Cyrus, he was chosen by God to facilitate that restoration of Israel, and, and he had the monetary treasures in abundance to do so. I mean, he was the guy at the time. Nobody messed with Cyrus. And, and he was, you know, somebody that was used of God. If you look closer at verse number three, it says, I will go before thee and make no crooked places. What? Straight. I will break in pieces the gates of brass and cut and sunder the brass or the bars of iron. In verse two, excuse me. And then in, in verse number three, and I will give thee the treasures of darkness. Um, he knew where the treasures were at. See, he knew the treasures were buried down deep. And sometimes that's where the treasures are at. Uh, we know in Ezra, if you go over to the book of Ezra with me, look at Ezra chapter 1, and you have to kind of go with Ezra and Nehemiah to Isaiah, and I know you go all over the place, but just bear with me a little bit tonight. And in Ezra chapter 1, look at verses number 1 and 2. It says, Now in the first year of Cyrus, king of Persia, that the word of the Lord by mouth of Jeremiah might be fulfilled, the Lord stirred up the spirit of Cyrus, king of Persia. Then he made a proclamation throughout all his kingdom and put it also in writing, saying, Thus saith Cyrus, king of Persia, The Lord God of heaven hath given me all the kingdoms of the earth, and he hath charged me to build him a house at Jerusalem, which is in Judah. Here's one thing that I do know. I do know that God can do anything that he wants to do. And, if, and don't think for a minute that God can't get something done. 
even if you think somebody's wicked, even if you think somebody is a, a president or a king or you know whoever it might be, a governor, and you go, man, we're never going to get anything done. I think if enough people pray, God can change that person's heart. And I think God can use anybody. And God's willing to do that. But the, uh, when you look at this, Cyrus knew something. He had learned something about these children. He had watched what was going on. And, and the Spirit of God moved his heart to, to get this done. And he found a real treasure in darkness. Somehow he found these treasures. Nebuchadnezzar is the one that hit him. But as you know the story, um, Cyrus ends up finding them. And the greatest treasure he discovered was not the gold. It wasn't the silver. It wasn't the artifacts uh, of the darkest vaults and secret places of Babylon. That wasn't the best thing that he found. That wasn't the greatest treasure. The greatest treasure he discovered was the almighty God of heaven. And as you read the scripture, you find that he says that and he uh, testifies of that. And it was the Almighty of God, and, and, and it was His providential plan for Cyrus. He found that. You know, the treasures of darkness, it, it's a phrase full of meaning. And uh, there's, other pla- there's one other place in the Bible, I'm not going to go there, it's in uh, 1 Kings 8, uh, but that talks about treasures in darkness. And um, this phrase, uh, it, it's especially to those that find themselves, I think, to be in darkness maybe just now. Maybe somewhere in your walk with God, maybe something's happening in your life and nobody else knows about it. Somebody gets diagnosed with cancer. Somebody gets diagnosed with a disease. Somebody loses a family member. Somebody, uh, his child is not is wayward and, and they're struggling or a grandchild. Something's going on in your life that is a dark place for you right this moment. And you might find yourself in that place. A treasure to be found by those who, whose pathway is dark. You don't think about that very often. You don't think, man, I can find treasures in dark places. Because we often so talk about, you got to be in the light, right? This little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. You know, put a bushel over, no, you know. And um, I'm not going to try to sing for you tonight because I'll forget the words. And um, you don't want to hear me sing. But in Psalms 18.28, the Bible says, For thou wilt light my candle. The Lord my God will enlighten my darkness. You see, it's God who lightens the darkness. It's God who lightens the dark places. It's God who, when He shines in that dark place, shows you the treasure. You can't see the treasure in the darkness. You stumble around and bump into stuff. I know nobody's ever bumped into anything in the middle of the night before, have you? Nobody's ever done that. I busted my toe one time. Man, I was, I was hurrying up for work. It was about 3 o'clock in the morning. I was in construction. I'm a commercial plumber by trade. I came around the corner, and I kicked a hope chest. You know what? I'm not a big fan of hope chests. And I do like a lot of men do. Well, I don't know. 
maybe I'm nice, but I didn't turn on the lights or anything like that, and I just put my work boots on, I went to work, and I'm limping around. And my boss looks at me and he says, Mitch, what's coming out of your boot? What I didn't realize is I busted my foot so bad that the bone went through my skin, and I was bleeding out my boot, and it was leaving spots of blood everywhere that I walked. I said, you need to go to the doctor right now. I go, man, I can't afford to. No, you got to go. <laughs> Say, why do you tell me that story? Because it was painful to bump into something in the dark. What I learned from that? Turn on the light, dummy. All right? They could go back to sleep or roll over. It's okay, honey, right? And... uh <laughs> we all do that. We all do that. Listen, you got to turn the light on sometimes, right? To see, not, not that that was a treasure, but let me tell you something. If I had seen that hope chest, that, that's a treasure now, amen? But you're going to run into some things, but remember, it's God that lightens the path for you. And when you're in darkness, there are things that can show you that you are, or, or, well, let me, let me rephrase that. There's, that. That God can show you that you won't get anywhere else. God's going to show you some treasures in dark places. You're not going to get in church. There's some treasures God has for you that aren't here in this sanctuary. There's some treasures for you that are not out in the woods. You know, where you guys go pray, that you tell your wife, you know, you're going to go hunting. That you're actually praying because you fall asleep, you know, and then... When your buddy wakes you up, you say, well, I was just in deep thought for, you know, I understand how that goes. Whatever it might be, you know, there's some, there's some places that you think about going and you think, well, I'm going to be real spiritual and God can't show it there. He can't give you that treasure until you get to that darkest place of your life. And I've been in some dark places in my life. And I don't mean it and take it lightly, but when you live in chronic pain, and some of you know some others that live in chronic pain, it can make you think that, is it worth living anymore? God, could you just take this away from me? God, why am I going through one more surgery? Why am I in the hospital again? Why can't my kids see me go out and play with them or play ball with my son or, you know, I can't, I can't do a lot of things anymore that I used to do. You start to feel sorry for yourself and that's where God wants us to be sometimes. And I hate to say it, but there's some places that God just wants you to get to a dark place. You got to be in the darkness for him to show you the light. And there's some things that are just for you and it's, it's worth observing that in nature uh, that scientific world that's out there that we so often as Christians go, well, you know, I don't believe in science. Well, the Bible does talk about science so, you know, falsely so-called, but there is science in the Bible, amen? And, and God created it. And so let's not be totally ignorant of some things, amen? I, I appreciate doctors. I appreciate pharmacists who can look at things scientifically and, and be able to help me and put me back together, amen? And maybe that's you today. Maybe somebody in here is a scientist. I don't know. I think people that can look at stars and different things like that and figure out how many miles they are, praise God for somebody like that. I have no desire to do anything like that. 
When I was in school, I didn't have any desire to do that, but my science teacher said that I had to learn some of that stuff. Amen? But there's some treasures in the revealed only in darkness, and God put it and made it that way. You know, the treasures in distant galaxies, as I was just talking about those, there's treasures in distant galaxies that we cannot see. It's out in darkness. When you look up, now you guys can see stars here, right? When it's not cloudy. Amen. And uh, you can see stars. Uh, But those of you that have ever been to Las Vegas know (laughs) that when you look up in the sky at night, what, what do you see, brother? There's no stars. The city is so bright that it obscures the stars. You have to go out miles in order to see the stars. And that's in the middle of the desert, and there's beautiful stars in the desert. But you can't see them. Uh, those galaxies are a, a, a beautiful thing. You see pictures and on, on telescopes and things like that. How, how about the, just the secret of the planets themselves? I mean, I look at the moons, I look at the rings around Saturn and different things like that, and how God put that all together. I can't see that by the naked eye or my $20 telescope that I got at Walmart. Amen? I can't still see it. But those those secrets of the planets that we still don't know anything about. How about the hidden detail just of the night sky in itself? Man, I look up at the stars, and I don't know about you, but when I hear the Scripture being said about those stars, and He made the stars also. It was like an afterthought. No big deal. It's like getting an appetizer with your main meal. You know, here you go. You know, whatever it might be. Or the detail in photographic film. Anybody that's ever dealt with film, and you know photographic film. Now, guys, that's not a digital camera, okay? This is, you used to put film in a camera. Then you had to wind it. Do you know what I'm talking about? You know what a wind-up camera is? Teddy, you don't even know what a rabbit's foot is. So, um, <laughs> But those of you that you know are as old as your pastor, because he remembers when I was born. Now, granted, you were like seven. <laughs> but, yeah, he picked on me. Him and Max picked on me. I wasn't going to say anything, but they did pick on me when I was younger. Amen. And now they've got much grayer hair than I do. So, But you know, there's some secret wonders of just the deep caves and oceans. What, what about those fluorescent living creatures that live down in the darkest places? And they take some of them submarines down there, and all of a sudden, this thing goes swimming by, and it's fluorescent. Why would it be fluorescent down there in that pit, in in that hole, mile, two miles downwards, completely dark, and there's nothing there? I get the reef. I like to snorkel. I've snorkeled in the Caribbean and seen the pretty fish and all that kind of stuff, and that's great. And uh, as long as there's no sharks, amen? And um, Brother Smoker, you probably went, have you been to the Great Barrier Reef? You haven't. Has anybody been to the Great Barrier Reef? No, we're in South Carolina, North Carolina. I almost said South Carolina. Ooh, man. I have to tell you, I like North Carolina better than South Carolina. I'm just saying. I do enjoy it more. And uh, 
I'm not just saying that to get a love offering, all right? But if it helps, no. Um, the fact of it is, is uh, I've known people, my uh, in-laws have been to the Great Barrier Reef, and they got to snorkel, and they saw some of those beautiful fish. But they're right there on the reef. They're up close. And we go, oh, these are great. But, I mean, you go way down there, there's things that we don't even know about. And every once in a while, one of those things come up from the deep, you know, and they go, where in the world did that come from? God made that. God did that. that was, you know who that was for? That wasn't for me. God made it for himself. A treasure in dark places. He goes, yeah, I'm going to put it down there. Nobody knows about that for a couple thousand years. Because I don't think they had scuba gear during Adam's time. But, um, you know, there's all those different discoveries. And for every marvel revealed by the brightest light of day, there are a multitude more that can be seen in darkness. That's a fact. There's more things that can be revealed in the dark. Uh, I'm driving around here in North Carolina. I'm seeing all these black lights. Y'all know what I'm talking about? You guys have those being put up here? Up in Winston-Salem, they're running around and they're changing all the fluorescent lights that they have for the regular lights to black lights. Trying to figure out why they're doing that, but I don't know if it's to catch criminals, you know, in the act, you know, if the black light helps or what, but, um, you know, you see things. Um, I had never been around lightning bugs before. Now, you all know what a lightning bug is, don't you? You guys probably take lightning bugs for granted, don't you? I'm driving down the road, and I'm like, stop the car. I've only seen this on a Hallmark movie. When Hallmark was decent to watch. And I look, and I go, man, these things are flying all over the place. And I'm like, how do you even catch those things? You know, you care about people going and catching lightning bugs. But you know, for me as a kid that grew up on the West and, and, and my kids have grown up in the desert, I, I was enamored by it. But you know what? They only come out when it starts to get what? Dark. What an amazing thing. I say all this because I have learned to need to cherish the secret places. The dark places. And tonight, that might be exactly where you're at. That might be exactly what you need in order to grow in Christ. To grow in God is to find some of those secret places in your dark place. So tonight, I want to go through some things, and I'm going to say I uh, four times, not five times, so I'm not the devil, okay? But (laughs) when I say I, because I'm telling you what I've learned, okay? I know this, I I need to walk with God in the private moments. In the private moments. God has something just for me. God has something just for you. You need to learn to walk in those private moments. What do you mean by a private moment? I mean, maybe the time that all of a sudden you end up in the hospital. Maybe you weren't expecting to go into the hospital. Maybe you weren't expecting to get that phone call from the doctor. Maybe you weren't expecting to uh, wake up and your kids ran off and they went and got married. 
and they eloped and they've grown up in church their whole life and you think that never happens, amen? Because it does. You think, man, I'm trying to train them up right and they messed up and, I, and mama's in a dark place. Now, I know you guys don't have it here, but maybe you wake up and, you know, something real bad's happened. And you're in a dark place. And you don't know what to do. Well, maybe you just need to stop. You know what? He has something just for me. In my dark place, he has something just for me. He has something just for my family. My family's going to get something totally different than I'm going to get. And my family might get something totally than your family's going to get. Because there's that many treasures in dark places. For your church, it's you know what it is? It's something for His glory. God's not doing it to punish me. He's not doing it to punish you. He doesn't put us in those dark places because you've necessarily done something bad. So, beloved, would, would, you, would you remember this tonight if you don't get anything else out of my message tonight? And you say, that is a boring preacher. He keeps moving and setting and standing up and all those different things. Would you get the fact it's okay if you're in a dark place? If something bad's happened to you, it doesn't mean you're a bad person. <laughs> it doesn't mean you're a bad person. It doesn't mean you've sinned. As Christians, we got to quit beating up other Christians. We got to start having grace for one another. You know where you just sit down and put your arm around somebody and you just cry with them? When was the last time you ever just went to the altar because you knew somebody was hurting? When was the last time you just cared for somebody else and, and, and you didn't judge them because, you know what, you knew that they had stuff going wrong in their life or they were going through stuff or, you know, financials were... Just a mess. And trust me, I know people have financial issues. That can be a very dark place for some people. But we want God to get the glory of it. And I want God to get the glory out of what I went through. Take your Bibles if you want to. You don't have to. But 2 Corinthians 12. 2 Corinthians 12, verses 9 and 10 if I tried to, and I've memorized this before, but I have to turn to these places because I cannot remember necessarily all the Scripture sometimes. And one of the things my wife will say was, and I didn't mention this, but <clears throat> um, through my last stroke that I had, I ended up coming down with chronic seizures. And because of the pain that I'm in, I might have multiple seizures in a day that literally put me down all day long. I'm worthless. And all I can do is sleep. Those are some pretty dark places to be. Those are some pretty private places to be. But she would say, hey, I would come out of these seizures and not necessarily be myself. But she said you would say these two verses. And why I would come out and say Scripture, I don't know, except that's just the Lord. But 
Verses 9 and 10 of chapter 12, 2 Corinthians says, And he said unto me, My grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, will I rather glory in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Therefore, I take pleasure in infirmities and in reproaches and necessities and persecutions in distresses for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then I am strong. And can I tell you, it took me a long time to get to the point of going, therefore I take pleasure in infirmities. It's taken me a long time to say, well, I can have pleasure in that. How many of you can say tonight you could have pleasure in pain? You could have pleasure in hurting. You could have pleasure in some of these things. Many of you know Kirby Campbell. And um, Brother Campbell is such a, a, a blessing to me personally. I met him first at a leadership conference in San Diego, California, after he had had his initial accident and was in much pain. And... Uh, He really has helped me. And I've learned to, to hold God's hands so that he can guide me in the dark. And, uh, you know, God has to guide us sometimes. And God has to send men into your life. And through Brother Campbell and through uh, um, Brother Bill Bailey that came out to my church and put me and gave me the phone number of Brother Campbell and and finding out that he had gone to a doctor in North Carolina that had helped him with his arachniditis and his pain and his suffering, uh, I've been able to get some help. Amen? I'm not 100% yet, and I still have a long ways to go, about a year and a half more worth of treatment, and my stroke has maybe set me back a little bit, but we're working on that. And uh, But you know what? I've learned that his hand can guide me through anything, and, and it's through God's people. Now listen, don't be afraid to say something to somebody that's a help to them. But don't be a discouragement. There's nothing worse than somebody coming in and being that discouragement, like I said. Thirdly, I need to cherish his presence in the darkness of life. You've got to cherish that. God knows every detail of every situation. He knows your detail tonight. He knows everything. If you think you have anything on God, you don't have anything. He knows it all. Listen, it surprises me how many people, you know, they'll, they'll do this. Uh, can I have a... Now, if you guys do this, please don't. They do it at my church, and I'm not making fun of anybody here tonight, okay? Everybody understand that? Can we just make that clear? But when people say, I have a... I have a prayer request, and you know, and I don't want to say anything about it. Do you guys ever do that? You know, and what do you what do you call them? Uh, unspoken. Thank you. Sorry, my brain wasn't working. Unspoken prayer request, and you can do all the unspoken prayer requests you want. But you know what? I really think sometimes, how much more would get answered if we actually said, you know what? I got this problem. And you don't have to go into all the details. Sometimes people go into every detail that you don't need. 
Sometimes people give more details than you want. (laughs) But to give the detail, hey, you know what? I'm going through something, and I need prayer on this. Would it be so bad to say, I need prayer on finances? Would you pray for me? Would you pray for my finances? Would you pray that God would help me get control of some things? But we're embarrassed about that. Because we haven't come to that point of being humble about it. Sometimes God puts you in those dark places to show you a treasure in it. Amen. But I think that, you know, we would get so much more if we would just maybe share with people some things. But God knows every detail of your life. So why are you holding it back from everybody else? Well, well, because God already knows it, so I don't have to say it. But doesn't he say, you know, ask and you shall what? Receive. Take your Bible and look at the book of Lamentations. I cheated tonight. I put a marker there, so if you're still looking for it, that's all right. Just kidding. I did put a marker there, but Lamentations. Lamentations three, look at verse number twenty one. Lamentations 3 and verse number 21 says, This I recall to my mind, therefore have I hope. This is of the Lord's mercies that we are not consumed because his compassions fail not. They are new every morning. Great is thy faithfulness. The Lord is my portion, saith my soul. Therefore will I hope in him. The Lord is good unto them that wait for him to the soul that seeketh him. It is good that a man should both hope and quietly wait for the salvation of the Lord. Sometimes we just have to wait, and we don't like to wait. And we don't like to wait in dark places. Because I grew up as a kid, and if I didn't feed the dog, because it was my responsibility to do the chores or to you know feed the animals, and my dad knew, why do the parents always know if you didn't take care of them? Because they probably went out there and checked, you know. My dad would say, okay, you got to go out in the dark, son. I hated going out in the dark. And I hated to go out and feed the dog and the cow because they were behind the barn and they were behind the shed and it was dark and there was no lights. And I don't suggest you do this to your kids, but every time I go out the door, my dad would say, now don't let the boogeyman get you. That helped a lot. Those animals got fed the fastest ever. Now, the boogeyman never did get me. But I kept looking over my shoulder the whole time thinking, who is this boogeyman? And uh, I always thought he was the booger man, but it's the boogeyman, you know. I was like, man, that, that guy's gross. And uh, I said, just blow your nose or something, you know. I don't want to run into this guy. And uh, But... You know, he'd always do that to me. I realized he did that to me, you know, to, you know, I guess build some character or whatever in me, you know. And I look at my kids, if they don't do something, go out, just go do it. Get out there and feed the goats. My littlest daughter, she did not come with us. Well, she's not little. She's like six foot and 13. But um, our goat had baby goats and she had triplets. And so we have these brand new little baby goats that were born this last week. And she was not coming on this trip. And we had a plane ticket for her and everything. And she says, I'm not going. I'm not, I, somebody has to take care of these goats. And she's been out there setting with them, and she'll sit in the dark with them, and she'll go out. And, and 
But before that, before the little babies were there, Elijah, can you come with me? Can you go out in the dark with me? You know, and it's we live in Las Vegas. It's not like it's pitch black. I mean, I can look across the yard and see the goats because I do live in the I live in the county, but it's the city, but it's the county. My neighbors don't care, so I have goats and chickens, and uh, that's another story. And and so I can see where she's going, but you know what? That's that fact of going in that darkness. But you know when there's a treasure out there, there's no big deal to stay behind. No big deal to get up in the dark and take care of those goats and make sure they're okay. And when they were born, she was up at 2 o'clock. She was up at 4 o'clock. She was up in the dark ready to make sure that those baby goats were going to be okay. It was a treasure. And you know what? God has treasures for us. But it's funny how... So many times we we read this verse, and if you read your Bible, you read through it in a year. You read this one time, maybe. But I see that we need to read this so much more. It is of the Lord's mercy that we are all not consumed because His compassions fell not. You know what? His compassions, they fell not. They are new every morning. Great is thy faithfulness. His faithfulness is great, isn't it? We need to remember that. God knows every detail. He knows every situation. He knows where you're at. And uh, and every morning, He's there for you. I've also learned that in darkness, I will find something amazing. And I have found some amazing treasures. They're my treasures. You say, what are they? I can't tell you what they are. You know Why? Because they're mine. They were given to just me. They weren't given to my wife. They weren't given to my kids. They weren't given to my church. But in the same respect, God's given my family some treasures. God's given my church some treasures. And maybe God will give you some treasures if you look at it the right way. 1 Peter 4, 1 Peter 4 I promise I'm almost done. In 1 Peter 4 and verses 12 and 13, it says, If any man or excuse me, uh, beloved, think it not strange concerning the fiery trial which is to try you, as though some strange thing happened unto you. What are the next two words? But rejoice, insomuch as ye are partakers of Christ's sufferings, that when his glory shall be revealed, ye may be glad also with exceeding joy. You know what? Christ suffered way more than I've ever suffered. He hung on that cross. They whipped him. They put a crown of thorns on my Savior's head. They spat in his face. And I can think of a lot of bad things. You can hit me. You can kick me. You can punch me. But when you spit in somebody's face, Then they took a robe and they stuck it on him. 
as he was bleeding. And I know what it's like when you have something on you and they take that bandage off and it hurts. They put that robe on him, you know what, to, to, to make him, oh, this is the king, you know, and put those thorns on his head and, and how the pain must have been rushing through his body. The sweat going into his eyes and the plucking out of his beard. And then they took that coat off of him and they stripped him of his garments and they hung him on a cross without anything on. And the Bible says he was unrecognizable. And he did that for you and me. And he laid down freely. And they put those nails through his hands and they put those nails through his feet and they slammed him in that ground and as his hands and his feet fell. That thief on the cross that said, remember me. Told his buddy, he didn't do anything wrong. Christ said, today thou shalt be with me in paradise. One day he's coming back. Doesn't matter what I suffer right now. Doesn't matter what kind of pain I go through. Listen, I'm trying to get help and I'm seeing a doctor and there's been... And I'm so thankful for the men that have come into my life that have helped orchestrate this and, and the churches that have helped out and, and because God knows I couldn't do it on my own. But I can get through it because of Him. You can get through it because of Him. There's some treasures in dark places just for you. In 1 Peter 1 and... Verse number 7. That the trial of your faith being much more precious than gold that perisheth, though it be tried with fire, might be found unto praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ. You know what I want to keep doing? I just want to keep on keeping on. I just want to do right till the stars fall. I want to do right till Jesus Christ comes back. I could give up. I've had people say, you should just give up being a pastor. You should just give up on the ministry. You should just, you know what, you, 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 maybe you're just doing the wrong thing. You know what? I'd rather do the wrong thing for the right reason than do the you know, wrong thing for the wrong reason. <laughs> I'm going to keep on fighting on. I'm going to keep preaching. I'm going to keep taking and sending my kids to church. I'm going to keep trying to serve the Lord. I'm going to keep telling people about Jesus Christ. I'm going to keep getting tracks out. I'm going to keep going to the hospital and telling people about the Lord. I'm going to keep on keeping on until His appearing in the clouds. Listen, there's some things that come out of darkness tonight. You know what God sent out of the darkness? God sent His only Son of Bethlehem to Bethlehem by night and announced it with a star in the dark. Christ came to be. He said, I am the light of the world because the world is spiritually dark. 
When Christ finished His work on the cross, it was dark. And it was in the darkness of night on that Easter morning that He arose. There's some things that come out of darkness that are good. And I'm personally still searching. I'm still searching for some of those treasures. I'm still in a a dark place sometimes. But I know God has more treasures for me. But I'm so thankful that I found the most precious treasure of all. And I found that as a boy at the age of six years old when I trusted Jesus Christ as my Savior. That's the greatest treasure of all. I know for 100% sure where I will spend eternity. You can take a lot of things away from me, but you can't ever take my salvation away from me. You can put me in pain. You can stick me in the hospital. You can give me a kidney stone. And let me tell you something. I didn't even know I had a kidney stone. I didn't even know that my kidney decided to do what it did. I just thought it was normal back pain. And most people I hear that have kidney stones, they're laying on the ground and crying and moping. And I was eating lunch. I was like, oh, what was that? Oh, just back pain. I just kept going. It wasn't until that night that I realized that it had burst open and all that stuff went inside me and I got really sick. But I know this. Even if I was going to die, I know exactly where I'd be. I would be with the Savior who died on the cross for me. So whether he decides to take me home to be with him now, that's okay because I know where I'll be. Or whether he comes back for me in the clouds. But I'm looking forward to that day when he comes back in the clouds. I think that's why he's keeping me around. Just to irritate everybody else. Amen? And there, I got some people that I got to irritate still. And, and uh, I got to annoy just a little bit longer. But there's some treasures that you can find in dark places. Tonight, my friend, maybe that's you. Maybe you're in a dark place. If, if you are, why don't you come to the altar and just ask God, you know what? Help me to see those treasures. Help me to find that treasure. Maybe you know somebody in a dark place and they need prayer tonight. Why don't you ask God to help you to be the friend that you're supposed to be. Show some grace to somebody that's going through something today. Pastor.